Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. To the Christian, faith is the central framework of the mind that allows us to focus on the central person of life, Jesus Christ. Our theme for the day is faith. The idea of accepting at face value, based on the evidence, what God has presented to us. And all of that wrapped up in Jesus Christ. These great words of Scripture from Hebrews chapter 11 provide the foundation for a study of faith that can help us be able to see what faith sees. I understand, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, that we walk by faith and not by sight. And so one might say, well, how can you see if you're not walking by sight? Well, the idea is that faith becomes the sight that we have. So faith is a, a framework. It's the central part of our minds, and therefore we're able to focus on the central figure that helps all of this be a reality, Jesus Christ. I want you to turn in your Bibles to these verses, if you've not done so already, and you can just leave it open there. And we're going to notice from this text what we should see by our faith. And the Hebrew writer gives us our understanding of what faith is and, and how it works and what we do with it. Join with me then as we consider what faith sees. In the first place, the text says that faith sees the future. Faith sees into the future. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Look at the text, if you will, and notice what the writer wants us to understand. He wants us first to understand what the concept of substance is. It is substance that provides the hope that we have. So faith sees into the future, hopefully. So what is substance? Substance is reality. Substance is a grasping of that which re is real. It's not an imagination. It is not something that we just conjure up. In fact, it is real. The word actually means in the language a title deed. It's a title deed to a possession that remains in the future. The substance of things hoped for. Therefore, in faith, I am in this point, and I look to the future hopefully because I have a title deed. I have an agreement, a guaranteed agreement 
Well, what does that mean? Well, I did a little work to figure that out, and any of us who have bought a house can understand this concept. The title is what gives you the ownership of the property. That ownership allows you and says, okay, this is outstanding. This is my property. Once, however, everything is finished, you then will be sent a deed of possession. So the title says, you own it. And the deed says, you possess it. There's a time frame in there where final things are being done, but it still does not take away from your ownership unless someone on their side fails and you decide, no, I don't want to go through with it. But it is your property, and then you will get a deed for it. Think about that as it relates to living the Christian life. There are some people who live in such a way as though they have concern and not sure how they are in their lives. They wonder when asked the question, where will you be if you die today? I don't know. I have a desire for something, but I don't know. But this title deed is to a Christian a guarantee. It is substance. It is real. It takes away doubt. It can dispense doubt. If you think about a title deed, it can dispense the doubt. It can give you an opportunity to make plans for the future possession. When you're given the title to your house and you can begin moving things into it, but there comes a point at which you will be allowed to move into it because it will be finished. But in the meantime, you are working toward that possession. Isn't that what the Christian life is about? We have a title deed. We have an ownership of the future in heaven. And it is something then that we continue to work on because we can make those plans. When I have the title, I care about the possession that is coming. I don't want to abuse it. I don't want to misuse it. I don't want it to leave my possession. It, one day I'll get it fully. I don't want to turn it in. The idea is that I care now because having held this title. I care about the possession that one day I will have. And shouldn't that provide great joy and comfort to life? To know that I can see into the future, hopefully. So, upon what is that hope built? Well, Jesus Christ is the substance of our hope. The Hebrew writer used the word he used here for substance. He used it also in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 3. And there it says of Jesus Christ, who being in the express image of his Father, the express 
image, that word image is this same word, substance. Jesus came from our future to provide substance to us for that future. He came from what will be our future. And by coming here, he then provides the hope that the future is real. It was Jesus who told his disciples in John 16 and verse 28, I have come forth from the Father into this world, and now I leave the world and go to the Father. Jesus came from our future to give us hope today about that future. He came, as it were, with the title deed in hand to present it to us. Which is why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 19, if in this life only we have hope in Jesus, we are of all men the most pitiful. Jesus didn't bring hope only to this life. He brought it to the life that is the future. So our faith rests in the substance of Jesus who came from our future to bring hope and the title deed to our future, guaranteeing one day our possession of it. Number two, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The text now says that faith sees the present confidently. Evidence is the working of the mind to reach a bottom line conclusion. Evidence says this is what is real. Notice the text. Evidence is what gives you confidence. Evidence says this I know. I read from a lawyer who said a case is only as good as its evidence. Well, if there is a case to be made for our future in the present, it is based on great evidence. And the evidence says, yes, you can have confidence. From that same lawyer, I learned at least one new word. I've heard the other one. The lawyer said that in evidence, there is what is called exculpatory evidence. Now, exculpatory evidence says these people no longer are considered as suspects. These people are now eliminated. Exculpatory has taken them out of consideration. Then there is inculpatory evidence. That's the new word I didn't know. 
Inculpatory says, I have evidence that this one or these are still suspects. So we have the evidence that dismisses those things that are no longer able to be considered true. And it includes those that are true. Now what do you do? You take that evidence and you weigh it with respect to what has been included. And when you weigh that evidence and you put it together and you reason by it and you figure out what is confident, what can you know? The Bible says faith is the evidence of things not seen. I know of things that don't enter into the picture, things that just cannot be true. But then I know things that are true. And from that evidence, I can make a decision. It is that evidence that gives me confidence right here in the present. You know what is interesting, too, about this word? This word, evidence, is also translated as rebuke, meaning it is so real and true that I can rebuke you because you don't understand it or you don't believe it. That's how Jesus used it many times in his ministry. He was able to take the evidence that is irrefutable and to use it to rebuke those who refused to see it. Evidence can be examined. Evidence can be weighed. Jesus is our evidence. Jesus is our evidence. He said, because He came into our present. That is, He lived among humans. He didn't live in 2020, but he lived among humans in a present existence. And therefore, in that present existence, he could be examined. He, he could be questioned. He could be challenged. He could be charged. But none of them stuck because he's real. And he said in John 8 and verse 46... He said, look, if I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Which one of you convicts me of sin? Jesus was examined by everyone. Jesus was questioned. Jesus came out truthfully. He is our evidence in our present, in the presence of humans living in their lives, that evidence was examined and has been proven to be true. Finally, third, go to verse number 3 in our text of Hebrews chapter 11. And what do we see? We see that faith sees the past reasonably. Faith sees the past reasonably. 
Reason says, I'm going to apply my mind to understand. That's the word. The word says, we understand that the worlds were framed. God made it. It is faith that helps me to see the past reasonably. I take that evidence that we have assembled, and then I think about it in the past. Does it make sense? Does it answer the question? Does it help me to see and to know? Can I, from this text, be able to know that, yes, there is truth to the past that has been presented? Think about this for a minute. Evidence or people who accept that they believe in one thing or another apply reason. Reason presents the evidence to you. That's what reason does. Reason says, I'm thinking about it, and I'm looking at it, and it presents the evidence to me in my mind to accept it. Then, emotion, passion, presents me to the evidence. You see, it is reason that helps me understand the truth and to assemble the facts and to have the knowledge. But then it is that emotional part of us that is the glue that ties us to that evidence. I invest my mind, the Bible's heart, in the process of learning and understanding and reason in order to find the evidence and to test the substance. And then when I land in truth and understand, then I can wrap my emotions I can wrap my passion around it. And I can be just as firmly passionate and convinced and real and emotional because it is true and I know it to be. Notice the text. The worlds were framed by God so that the things which are seen were not made of things that appear. Jesus presented himself as having been in our past and therefore the past is real. Jesus said in John chapter 8, he said, before Abraham was, I am. You recall the words of the opening of Scripture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus, John 1, verse 1, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, verse 14. What is that Word? The Word was God, and the Word was with God. 
The same was in the beginning with God. Jesus Christ, who came into our present from our future, was there with God in our past. And therefore, we can have faith. For our faith is built on the person of Jesus Christ. No other religious leader can claim what he claims because no other religious leader has ever done what he did for Jesus on that first day of the week was resurrected from the dead. No other religious leader can claim such. Every other one is still dead. But Jesus, crucified in this city, Jerusalem, placed in a tomb in that same city, Jerusalem, claimed to have been raised from that tomb in that same city, Jerusalem. If you don't believe it, Peter would say in Acts 2, let's just walk over here to the tomb and we will see that it is empty. It is the empty tomb that declares forever that Jesus is who He said He was. And therefore, as the central figure, we can have faith in Him. He is the substance who came from our future. He is the evidence who came into our present. And He is the reason who came from our past. Granted, with God, there is no past, present, and future. That's why it's our future. It's our present and it's our past. And because of those things, faith sees them the way God wants us to. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And by it the elders obtained a great testimony. And by it we understand that the worlds were framed by God and that nothing is seen was made of things that appear. Faith is our focus. I beg you, as I beg myself, to be more faithful, to live in faith, because faith sees. If we can help you any further with this concept, if we can give you more information, we would love to do so. If you have lost your faith, if your faith has gone blind, you need to be with us tonight. I want us to think about how to help when faith goes blind. But for now, thank you for joining us today. I hope these will sink deeply within you. 
Let us know how we can help you in any way that we can. And so God bless our country. God bless our church. God bless each one of us as faithful children of God. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.